Matthew chapter 24. Matthew chapter 24. And uh, once you're there, we'll stand for the reading of God's Word. We're going to read verses 1 through to 8. Um, Matthew chapter 24. And once you're there, if you stand, I'll read uh, verses 1 through the verse 8. Amen. Wars and rumors of wars. Matthew chapter 24, verses 1 through to verse 8. And Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came to him for to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said unto them, See ye not all these things? For early I say unto you, There shall not be left here one stone upon another, that ye shall not, that shall not be thrown down. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be? What shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world? And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see that ye be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in diverse places, and all these are the beginning of sorrows. Lord, we just pray that you would bless your word tonight. Father, we just ask for your anointing. Lord, as we look at these things in the light of what is happening all around us, we thank you that there is one on the throne tonight, that you're far above all things. And, oh God, I pray that we would ever keep our eyes fixed upon Jesus, looking for our redemption, Lord, that is surely upon us. Oh God, tonight speak to our hearts. Lord, we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's take your seats together. Verse 6. The words of Christ in verse 6 says that ye shall hear of wars, rumors of wars, see that ye be not troubled, for all these things they must come to pass, but the end is not yet. Do you know, I just want to share, I don't believe in any way or claim to be an expert in any sense of the word, but I want to share a little background uh, just historically of uh, in the light of a, the current events that are happening, we know that the nations are, are being shaken. There is an increase of fear and turmoil. And we are told these are the things that will happen. And uh, we are God's people. He hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. But there are things that are happening across the world. And I believe that they're going to have a profound effect upon us all. At the end of the Second World War, and again, I don't claim to be an expert if there's any of these things that uh, I'm, I'm vague on, uh, and please forgive me, but as a quick overview, but I just want to give you a little bit of insight. At the end of the Second World War, we know that most of Europe, uh, all of Europe and Britain, the United Kingdom, Belfast, North Africa, the Pacific, East Asia, most of it lay in complete ruins after a brutal war. We had two world wars in the last century. Second World War was a brutal war. Most of these nations, the main cities all across Europe, lay in absolute ruin. 
the population or the amount of lives that were lost is somewhere between 80 to 85 million souls uh, were killed in the Second World War. It isn't that long ago uh, that this took place. This is 1945. It really isn't a long time ago that it all happened. And tens of millions were injured, left maimed, and billions of money had been spent then in the subsequent decades. It was only recently, I believe, back in 2007 or eight, that Britain actually paid off the loan to rebuild her cities and to bring her back up again to be the nation that we know her to be today. Billions upon billions of dollars were used in pounds to rebuild the nation's factories, industry, and so forth. The old USSR, now I think most of us would know we have been born at a time, we were all born, it looks like it anyway, or most of us anyway, were born in a time of what was known as the Cold War. And uh, for those maybe that are younger, they wouldn't know or appreciate what that was unless you've studied it in history. But the old USSR suffered the loss in the Second World War of 16 million. They, they suffered the most as a nation. 16 million of their population was wiped out. Another country that you'll hear in the news coming up is a country called Belarus, and that was percentage-wise lost the highest percentage of its population. A quarter of the population was wiped out in the Second World War. For context, for us to understand that, the United Kingdom lost about a half a million people in the Second World War. So we see that other nations suffered dramatically and greatly at the hands of Nazi Germany and, of course, Hitler himself. It's not to forget, of course, the demonic onslaught that was unleashed by the Nazis, in particular against the Jews. The Jews had no state. Israel had not been reborn. God had not brought her back in again until 1948. But they say that two-thirds of the Jewish population was completely wiped out all across Europe in the Second World War, something like six million Jews were gassed under Hitler's regime. What emerged, of course, at that time was what we understood as we grew up was the Cold War. We remember doing it in school and history lessons. You might remember back into the 80s and so forth in the 70s when uh, Germany was divided. That was really the center point, Berlin. There was a wall straight up the middle of that. There was the Western nations, the Allies, and then on the other side of that was what we knew to be the USSR. And then we've seen the celebrations as the Iron Curtain fell, the collapse of that union, the reunification of Germany. And many of the USSR-controlled nations then, they split off. There was about 15 in total. Just, I'm telling you this for a reason. And so then... Really, 30 years after that, that was 1989, 1990, around that time when that fell, and uh, there was the reunification of Germany and the breakup of the USSR as a superpower, really. But it's nearly unimaginable, it's nearly unthinkable, that after the collapse of the USSR, the fall of the Berlin Wall and the Iron Curtain, 30 years later, we see the resurgence of the Russian military power starting to move in to Ukraine. When you think of the bloodshed and the background of all of this, it's nearly difficult to grasp that men would rise up 
and they would seek again to reestablish themselves as these superpowers at the cost of, it could be thousands, if not tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands, it could even be millions of lives if Putin has his way. It actually could even be, I don't know, but it's possible that we could have a third world war. That's not to put fear into anybody, but it is possible. It is actually possible that what is happening in the Ukraine, the rise of Putin, and the determination to move into Ukraine and move across, how far will he go? How far will he go is the question. We are in a different circumstance today because, just to be quite frank about it, not that our hopes in politicians, but Boris Johnson is no Winston Churchill and Joe Biden is no President Roosevelt. As a nation, we have forgot God. Back then, we were a God. We were a nation that honored God, that reverenced God, that called days of prayer and fast and to seek the Lord, that the Lord would preserve the nation. But everything has changed in that generation. It was a it was a battle of ideologies, and I want to, again, just remind you, I'm not an expert in this, but it was a battle of ideologies. On one side, it was a Christian-based nations that feared the Lord and had uh, the Scriptures at the basis of its nation and democracy. And at the other side, it was a demon-possessed ideology called communism. And I want to tell you something. Communism is very much alive and well. It has been rebranded, repackaged, relabeled, but it's still the same spirit that's at work behind this. It's actually thriving in the Western nations. One of the great blessings of the fall of the Iron Curtain, of course, was the spread of the gospel that spread in all across those nations, those 15 states and into Russia, We've seen a great move of the Spirit of God and the gospel was spread across those nations. Churches sprang up because communism banned the, the liberty that we experienced of worshiping God and churches meeting together. And the communism had banned that, that public worship and worshiping of God. And so we've seen then that there was a spread of the gospel and men and women who had sacrificed their lives were imprisoned for their faith that went beyond the Iron Curtain at that time. Um, like Richard Wombrandt and his, his wife, he spent, I think, 13 or 14 years in a prison in Romania for the sake of the gospel to stand for Christ. And then they were able to see the fruit of their labors. Many didn't make it out. Many were martyred for the faith, but they went in beyond the Iron Curtain to smuggle Bibles. And then when the Iron Curtain fell, they were able to see the fruit of their labors as churches began to spring up all across those nations and God began to bless the work. Karl Marx, Karl Marx said this. He is the co-author of the Communist Manifesto. He said these words, communism begins where atheism begins. 40% of the United Kingdom now declare themselves in one report to be atheists. Where atheists begin, so does communism. 
Stalin, from around 1928 to 30 until World War II, shut down the churches, martyred and killed many believers, imprisoned church leaders under the name of communism. And that was what the nations of the West rose up to fight against. That's what churches and intercessors got down on their knees and began to pray against. And we know that God used intercessors like Reese Howells mightily even to change the very course of the Second World War. It wasn't won by its military power in the West. It was won because there was a people that prayed. They made a difference. They called on God. And so the Christian nations rose up to fight against this demonic ideology called communism. Remarkably, today, communism has been rebranded as liberalism and tolerance. And our leaders in the West, Trudeau, Ahern, Johnston, and many of them, have just basically repackaged that ideology, give it a different name, put it with a different wrapper, but behind it, it's the same spirit. It's wicked. We are against spiritual forces. We are against demonic forces. And yet today we see that the United Kingdom has embraced this ideology, and now it's growing rapidly in our nation. And at the same time, we have this rise up of this man, Putin, who is outmaneuvering the Western nations very simply. I mean, he is a very, very clever individual, but he is outmaneuvering uh, the, the, the Western nations very easily. But the real warfare for us, of course, the Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians 10 and 3 that though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. We are seeing the rise of communism in the United Kingdom. It has been happening for maybe 20 or 30 years, but it's again rebranded. The registration of churches with the Charity Commission, of which we are registered, by the way, but it's never uh, in any way impeded upon the preaching of the gospel. It's probably one of my pet hates, the fact that we are registered, but by law we had to register as a church. That is communism rebranded. That's all it is. And it's for a purpose and it's for a reason. The control of our education system that no longer you as a parent have the right to bring your child up the way that you believe they should be brought up in the fear of the Lord and God's principles and God's way, that is being slowly eroded and being brought in, that it is the state that will decide what your child is going to be taught, how they're going to be taught, and where they're going to be taught. That is communism. That's what that is. That is the same spirit that is behind communism. It is called liberalism. It is called being tolerant, but it is the same spirit that was behind Stalin and the USSR and the rise of their ideology of communism that controlled the lives of every person. That 
is what the devil actually has been attempting to do in these last few years. He nearly got away with it, but his time is not yet. And he is trying to bring that same spirit which will control the whole of society by whatever means possible or whatever front that he wants to use to do that. That is what has been actually taking place. They're attempting, even last night, there was a discussion within the city hall in Belfast about banning these preachers on the streets of Belfast. Somehow or another, we need to ban the preaching of the gospel on the streets of our capital city. I want to tell you what that is. That is communism. It is the spirit of this age. It is antichrist that is behind it. It is the same spirit that was behind communism. And now we have, in the midst of all of this, the rise of the Russians. And many people feel that's nothing to do with us. That's the way over in Ukraine. We are here over in sunny Balnehinch, and everything's fine, and it will have no effect on our lives. But I want to tell you something. If, if Russia push, pursues its agenda, every person in this room is going to feel the effects of that. Every person. In the midst of all of this, we have, can I say it, a church that's largely still asleep, drunk with its own pleasures, not really concerned that, as I read an article about those churches along that uh, cold front with Russia coming in, because there's so many churches have been raised up, how they were on Sunday morning rejoicing, lifting up the Lord, preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, believing God that even at this hour, God would intervene in their behalf. It's hard to fathom for us that emerging out of what the world called the pandemic, that we're about to face the possibility of the, this devastating war with effects that's going to be worldwide. And in the background, what you're going to see also, just watch it because it's very clear to see what you have in the background is China. And China are waiting their moment with Taiwan, and America is weakened because America has got the leader that it deserves, because America has turned from God. The United States has turned from God. And now it's the opportunity for these dictators that are devil-inspired that are going to rise up because they see the nations are weakened. Why are the nations weakened? Because we have turned from God. We have turned from God. And now we've sown, and now we'll reap because of our disobedience and how we don't need God anymore. We don't need Him in our schools. We don't need Him in Parliament. We don't need Him in our politics. Two years of a pandemic, and not once did we hear men call in the assembly to pray and to seek the Lord, call on the name of the Lord. And yet many of these parties are men that are saved and women that are saved, but never did we hear them call out for the nation to repent and get down on their knees and pray. Now we're going to see the effects. It might seem of though, but Tim, it's a way over in the Ukraine. Maybe some might say, I don't even know where Ukraine is. But I want to tell you, friends, everything could change in a moment. Jesus said these words, if you look at it again, Matthew 24 and verse 6, he says, you'll hear of wars, there will be wars, and you'll also hear of rumors of wars. We know if it's a rumor what the 
context of that will be will be to create fear. It is dreadful that we're still living in a context of fear in our nation. We're still living in a context of fear. For the majority, it seems that so many are still frightened. But now we're going to hear of wars and rumors of wars and even possibility something that could plummet the whole of the Western nations again into a third world war scenario with the bloodshed, God forbid, with the bloodshed of literally thousands upon thousands of people. God, in the midst of all of this, Jesus is saying very clearly that there will be wars and rumors of wars, but then he said these words, look what he said, see that ye be not troubled. How can the Lord say that when he's telling us that there's going to be wars? He goes on to say that the nations will rise against nations, kingdoms against kingdoms. There'll be famines, plagues, earthquakes. These are all the beginning of sorrows. These are the pangs that are going to come upon the earth. How can he say, be not troubled? The reason why he can say to us, be not troubled, is because if you have Christ in your heart, if you have Christ in your life, if you know Jesus Christ as your Savior and as your Lord, then you have the peace of God that passeth all understanding. We are wrestling not against the flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. The greatest war that's taking place today is in the heavenlies. The greatest war that's happening is in the heavenlies in this nation, not in the physical, although the physical will be manifested, but the greatest battle that's happening tonight in this nation, in the United Kingdom, is the battle that's taking place in the heavenlies. And the Bible tells us that our weapons, we're weapons of this warfare, they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. That the church can pray, that the church can call on the Lord. You know, there are believers up and down on one side of the Ukraine border, and there are believers on the other side, on the Russian side, born of the Spirit of God, washed in the blood, filled with the Holy Ghost, believe in God, but we can pray for our brothers and sisters that God would undertake for them. Friends, we are living in tremendous days. In a moment, everything, it's like a tipping point. There's something about all of this that is leading us somewhere, that there's a tipping point in all of this that's going to plunge this world into a time of great stress. The Lord has told us that. If you're concerned about whether or not we're wearing masks, friend, I'm going to tell you it's going to get an awful lot worse than just about whether you're wearing a mask or not. We're going to enter into a time where there'll be a persecution upon the church of Jesus Christ. The church is going to awaken. The church will awaken, whether by the Spirit of God or because persecution will come against the church of Jesus Christ. They will close churches that preach the gospel. This will happen in this nation. That's where this is going. They will ban the Bible because the Bible teaches something against everything of what that demonic spirit is putting into our schools. And we're coming into a time now where the church will awaken one way or another. It's going to awaken because God is sovereign over all things. And the enemy will have a time, but God's about to come. You know, I believe that it is even at the door, the coming of the Lord. That's how close it is. It's like it's at the door. Christ is about to come. 
Jesus told us that we're not to be troubled. If you turn over to Psalm 46, just as we're coming into prayer, I wonder if we could just read this all audibly together tonight and that we know and see and understand and have a revelation of certainly what is happening, but that we also know in whom we have put our trust and why we can say we'll not be troubled. Psalm 46, we'll read it from God is our refuge and strength. Let's all read it audibly together. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore will not we fear, though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, Selah, there is a river, the streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her, and that right early. The heathen raged, the kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice, and the earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah. And everyone would say, Amen. He's with us. The kingdoms will be moved. The earth will be moved. But he only has to utter his voice. And it all melts. That's the God that we serve tonight. Friends, I want to encourage you to pray. Pray for the nation. Pray for the nations. Pray for God's people. That God's people would rise up not be troubled by these things. They will come. They're not going to go away. We can't pray them away because he's told us these things will happen. But we can't pray tonight and call on the Lord. Thank God he's on the throne. And he's right at the door. I believe he's about to come. And he's coming soon. Friends, the coming of the Lord does two things. This is why we know that that has to grip the heart of the church again. Number one, causes the church to live right. Number two, causes the church to rise up and seek souls and win souls for the Lord. It's at the door. Let us live for God. Let us believe the Lord. Let's pray together. Father, tonight we just ask for this time of prayer that you would undertake for us. You would encourage us tonight, Lord, to Lord, get out of ourselves and to pray and to believe you, to lift up these nations, O oh God, even at this hour. We pray, Lord, that you would intervene. Oh, Father, we're asking, Lord, even that, Lord, lives would be spurred, Lord, from the bloodshed. Lord, we're just asking, oh, God, Lord, for your church to be strong, for our brothers and sisters in the Ukraine, Lord. We know there are mighty works across that land, Lord, that you've been moving and saving souls. Lord, for those believers on the other side in Russia, Lord, we thank you that it's one church. And, oh, God, we pray that the church would rise up triumphant, Lord. Lord, even in the midst of everything that's happening, Lord, we remember this nation. Lord, again, we ask you to forgive, Lord, this land and the leaders of this land, Lord, how we have turned from you, Lord. Lord, we have made void thy laws. Lord, we have turned from you, Lord, and we see that spirit sweeping across our land. But, oh, God, we pray, Lord, that you would move by your mighty power. Lord, that you would stay Oh, God, Lord, that influx, Lord, of wickedness, Lord, that you would save precious souls, that you would awaken us out of slumber and sleep, oh, God. Oh, Father, tonight we pray, Lord, 
Lord, we just thank you, Lord, for the privilege of meeting together. Lord, the way we are tonight, Lord. Lord, the freedom that we have, the liberty that we do still have, Lord, to meet together in your name. Lord, may we never take it for granted. Lord, it is a privilege, Lord. So, Lord, bless the next one that prays, O God. Lord, we pray that our hearts would be right, Lord. Our hearts would be right with you, Lord, with each other, Lord. That you would bless, Lord, the unity of the brethren, Lord. And, Lord, that you would encourage us each one to pray in Jesus' name. Amen.